I really wasn't too keen on the idea. I wasn't sure about an indoor dog. And yet, almost two years later, this dog has absolutely won my heart. And I know what you're thinking. Just wait till that baby girl comes. But one of the things that I've grown to appreciate about dogs, being a relatively new dog owner myself, is the unconditional love of a dog. I can be in my most unlovable state, and yet when I come home, Dasher greets me with unconditional love. And I think that's what Luke is trying to communicate in our scripture this morning. That Jesus loves people with the same kind of love that Dasher loves me unconditionally. Now, apparently the Pharisees and the scribes in our story today don't think that sinners and tax collectors are very lovable. And in fact, they seem to be upset with Jesus because he apparently does think that they're lovable. And so Jesus decides to tell a parable. And Jesus invites everybody who's listening then and now to put ourselves in the story. And Jesus begins the parable by saying, which one of you who having a hundred sheep lost one wouldn't leave the 99 and go search after the one that's been lost until you find it. And I would ask you, is that really wise? Is that really smart? I mean, would you do that? If you had a hundred sheep and you lost one, would you leave the other 99 to go off in search of this one little stray sheep? I mean, let's just assume for a second that you own a hundred sheep. Isn't there also an assumption when you own a hundred sheep that you're bound to lose one every now and again? I mean, after all, there are diseases. There are, um, there are sheep that wander away. There are predators. Uh, there are sheep that, that get injured and have to be put down. There are sheep that just die of a natural death. Isn't there some likelihood that if you have a hundred sheep, every once in a while you're going to lose one? So why in the world would you leave 99 sheep potentially in harm's way by leaving them and go after looking for that one sheep? And I've got another question about this. If you are going to throw a big party and celebrate after you found the sheep that was lost and bring the sheep back into the fold, if you're going to party and celebrate like they did in Jesus' day, wouldn't one of the things that you have to do would be to slaughter an animal so that people could celebrate? 
I mean, isn't that what happened in the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son goes off, squanders everything he's got. When he comes back, what's the first thing they do? They say, hey, let's party. Let's celebrate. Let's have a big shindig. I'll go kill an animal so that we can have something good to eat. So are you telling me that you're going to leave the 99, go search for the one, bring it back, have a celebration, and end up having to kill one of the animals maybe even the one you just brought back just so you can fully celebrate that one was lost and now it's been found? This doesn't make any sense. Oh, but yes, it does. It doesn't make any practical sense, perhaps, to leave 99 to go after one. And yet, it makes perfect sense if what you're trying to communicate is that to a shepherd, every sheep matters. And you're trying to equate that to Jesus and saying to the good shepherd, every person matters. There is no such thing as a sheep that doesn't matter to a shepherd. And there's no such thing to a person mattering to Jesus. We all have worth. Even those sheep or those people who wander away on their own. I don't know if it's because the Pharisees and the scribes just didn't get it or whether Jesus was just in a good old storytelling mood and decided that one story's not enough right here because he ends up telling another parable right after that and it's about a woman who has ten coins, and she loses one of those coins, and with great passion and determination, this woman begins to focus as her main priority, finding that one coin that has been lost. It's probably important at this point to um, note the distinctions between coins and sheep. A sheep can just wander away, right? Take your eye off a sheep for a little bit and it can stroll right on away. But coins can't wander. Coins can't stray. A coin can be misplaced. A coin can be lost. A coin can be stolen. But a coin just can't get up and walk away. And there's another distinction about coins. If you're a coin and you're lost, you have no idea you're lost. Sheep, on the other hand, probably do realize, hey, my shepherd boy is not around. None of my other fellow sheep are here. So it seems to me that Jesus may have a point telling this story. And perhaps the point is this, in the first parable that we're supposed to see that shepherd and we're supposed to equate that shepherd who is interested in every sheep, no sheep is disposable, to the good shepherd. And we're supposed to draw the connection that no person is disposable, that all people matter to the good shepherd. And if we are supposed to see that the shepherd in the first parable is to be equated with Jesus, then it probably stands to reason that the woman in the second parable is also supposed to represent Jesus. 
but she has lost a coin. So what are we supposed to make of that? What does that say about Jesus? Does that say that Jesus sometimes loses us? That Jesus sometimes displaces us? Can you imagine a scenario in heaven where Jesus looks over at God and says, I took my eyes off of Tommy for five seconds and that joker's gone. I don't think that's the point of the story. I think if this woman represents Jesus, and I believe she does, it's that when something of great value to her ends up being lost, this woman's sole priority, her very first priority, is to seek and find that which is valuable to her, but has been misplaced or lost. And in the same way, you and I may find ourselves lost. It could be because we wandered away intentionally. But it could be like lost coins. We have no idea that we're even lost. And because we are of such great value to Jesus, whether it's because we wandered away or whether it's because we have no idea that we've been misplaced or lost, Jesus' number one priority, what matters to Jesus more than anything else, is finding that which is so valuable to Him and making sure that it finds its rightful place back where it should be with the one who treasures it. I think that's what's happening here with Jesus. The same determination and passion that that woman used, Jesus was using. Well, these two parables, you've probably heard them if you've been in the church for any length of time in your life. You've probably heard these parables preached dozens, if not hundreds of times. They're some of the more familiar parables in all of Scripture, some of the most beloved uh, parables in all of Scripture. And, and, and the way they typically get uh, translated is that Jesus seeks out people. Now, it says Jesus seeks out the lost, but my personal experience has been going up to somebody and say, hey, did you know you're lost? You don't know Jesus? Help me. Let me show you the way. That doesn't typically work. Telling somebody that they're lost. But, but I think the way Jesus tells the story is important because it does remind us that Jesus is always interested in people. Bringing people back to the place where God desires and intends for them to be. And so often we've heard these texts and we've said, okay, this text is about all of us in here going to all of those out there that have never been to church and we're trying to get them in here. We're trying to get more people in the pews. We're trying to grow our church. And, and so that's always been the the, the kind of the thing. Let's go reach the people out there and bring them in here. And we do that in lots of creative ways. Uh, sometimes that uh, we try to rub off on people by just living our lives of faith as best we can. And we hope that somebody kind of notices the way we live our lives and the way we uh, handle adversity and the difficulties of life and the way we approach the things uh, that life throws at us. And, and we're hoping that somebody says, you know what? she's really good at that. I want what she has. And that opens the door for us to talk about our faith. 
And then there are other opportunities where we want to invite people to come and be a part of stuff going on in our church. And so we might say, hey, uh, come to the recovery groups that meet at our church or come to the sewing group that meets at our church or come to the senior adult ministries groups that meet in our church or, or come to the woodworkers group that meets in our church or come to Sunday school. We, we try to have all of these entry points so that people might find their way into the church. And then we hope that once they get here, that they're so touched or so blessed by any of those other things that they will end up staying with us. And then I thought about how this text could be read by us as we're still living in a pandemic. You know, I was sharing with somebody just a few weeks ago, maybe even our church council, when we were talking about how the, the numbers of on-site worshipers had dropped in our church. Uh, we're probably averaging about 60% of what we were averaging before the pandemic started. And so I've been consumed with worry and anxiety about that. Uh, it just it's hard not to feel like a failure as a pastor when people aren't showing up to church like they used to show up to church, even though you know that a lot of the things that are led up to that were outside of your control. And so I've started reading all of these stuff, all these documents and data and stuff, and you know what they're saying is they're saying that those people that left your church during the pandemic and haven't come back, you might as well just write them off. They're probably not going to come back. You're probably better off just focusing on the people that you've got in the pews on Sunday morning and the people that might show up on Sunday morning in the future and focus on them. And yet I can't seem to make that work with this text. <laughs> because it seems to me that what Jesus is saying is uh, you've got to leave the ones that are already in the fold in order to go seek out the ones that have wandered away. And so, I'm going to have to disagree with all of those experts. I'm not really ready to give up on those that for whatever reason have chosen not to worship with us in person ever since March of 2020, even though I see them at Walmart in the grocery store. But I believe that what Jesus really wants us to do is to seek people. And not just the people that have never been to St. Mark's. As important as that may be. But church, maybe it's time for us to commit ourselves to seeking those who used to come to St. Mark's. And for whatever reason, haven't been here if we focused only on those numbers and we were able to get those folks back in our pews, I'd have to go back to preaching two services again. And wouldn't that be wonderful? Jesus wants us to seek people. Disciples seek people. Let's be disciples.